Welcome to another episode of our podcast. As we've recently announced, we've decided to change the name of our podcast. The new name, Bites of Wisdom, better captures our mission and more closely represents what the podcast is today and our vision for the future. Over the next few weeks, we'll start to slowly transition the various components to represent the new name. Everything will be updated automatically and will require no effort on your part. For today's episode, Jeremy, John, and I come together to discuss Apple's Vision Pro and other potential use cases for virtual and augmented reality technology. As always, please keep the feedback and suggestions coming. You can reach us at feedback at biteswisdom.com. That's B-Y-T-E-S wisdom.com. Hope you enjoy the show. So this week, I want to talk a little bit about what I'm calling magic technology. I, for me, I, a few days ago, I had an opportunity to use the Apple Vision Pro. I don't know if either of you have, but... No, we have not. There, there are a few times in my very young lifetime compared to my co-host that I felt that using a piece of technology was, I could see the future and I wanted to think that was going to be the Apple vision pro. So the first time I used it, I I've used a lot of VR headsets. I was a original Kickstarter for the Oculus way back when I used several of the newer meta branded ones and PlayStation VR two. The first experience I had with the vision pro, I was not really impressed. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was way overpriced and yeah, it was cool, but didn't for me, it was like, honestly, I was thinking it was going to sit on the shelf and I was never gonna, I, I was going to use it maybe once every couple of weeks. I used it again today and I, I took a different approach rather than using it as an entertainment device, right? Using it as a, Hey, I'm going to dive into an Apple video experience and kind of understand like the, they do this three dimensional video thing, you know, immerse you in the environment. Really cool. Really cool. But there's not a lot of content. Right. I used it for business, just basically work. I put a monitor up on my wall. I had a couple of windows up with email and then I'm like, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I could see how this device, and mind you, this isn't an Apple only thing, right? Like you could, there's a similar apps and, and meta. I just haven't used them, but I can see where this device is going, where you're able to take a room in your house or your whole house, if you really want to, and turn it into a digital canvas where you could have television, the size of your wall. You can have a couple of, you could have timers over like pots and actually have each pot with a different timer. There's some cool things you could do. And I could see in the next five to 10 years, if the prices come down for this device significantly, because $3,500 to $4,000, no. But I could see where this will be an interesting piece of technology. And then, yeah, maybe 30 years from now, we have Ready Player One. But I, I kind of, since you two haven't used it, I kind of wanted to ask the question, what is in your, in your history, it doesn't just need to be technology, like in your life, what is... What are those things that you've kind of used and you're just like, shit, like this is going to change stuff? For me, it was the television, John. Black and white or color? <laughs> just the first television ever created. <laughs> you were on the assembly line, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. I, the all age jokes aside, I grew up to the era where there was no internet. There was, there were no cell phones, computers where not as easily accessible as they are today and not as portable as they are today. So that's a hard question for me to answer. All the technology that are, that's kind of out today is that sort of wow factor for me. I mean, it's no longer a wow factor, but if I ever stopped to think of like when the first beeper or pager came out or the first cell phone came out yeah. compared to now we're talking about the Vision Pro, then it, it all, from time to time, I had that wow moment. Um, but I don't have any one specific te technology that's, this is life-changing. So, let me ask a question. So, so contrary to popular belief, I didn't grow up with portable computers and all the whiz-bang <laughs> features that we have today. I mean, I, for me, the cell phone wasn't that. And it, I don't even, it wasn't really even, the iPhone was the wow and the touch interface. But I think for me that the last time that I actually had the moment 
was the internet. So um, mine is going to be different than yours, but it's the same kind of thing. Palm Trio, if you remember that, I had was the wow moment for this, the mobile things, which was predated the uh, iPhone by years. But it was, it showed what you could be done with a po portable computer before I had a Blackberry, before I got any of that stuff. And I bought one myself and it was like, holy shit, we're going to be heading towards a an area where this is all people use. And I remember that when it ever came out. And I remember every one of my friends who had the big Nokia bar making fun of me yeah. because I'm like, how the fuck you got a stylus on your the, fucking the phone? T, the, the T9 experts, like where they yeah. could text with one hand. And, but yeah. the thing is I had had Palm apps. It was great. It was a wonderful interface given what it had. And it changed how I thought about accessing. And the other one that blew my mind was a modem. The very first modem when I could dial up BBSs. And that was the one that's, oh, you mean there's other people that are weird like me? So I, I say the internet for me, I think when it really started to click for me was like dial up IPX with Doom. When I used to do that with friends and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then it turned into the days of HeatNet and GameSpy <laughs> and all these things that, that, uh, that work, these quasi social networks. And then eventually it turned into the internet and, and what is it? Chat rooms and, and, uh, a whole bunch of other things. I did not have, I didn't have access to BBSs really, but until I had access to 38 or dial up, basically I didn't have uh, anything. Yeah. I used to get my internet access via BBS where I got a UCP feed that I dropped in. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. Fidonet, if you guys remember that. I do remember it. I never used it. Yeah. So, but I think that the technologies that changed for me were those ones, the ones that gave me new access to things in a different way. The Vision Pro seems like it might hint at that, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Do, do you got, I'm assuming you both had the, like the wow moment, right? With the iPhone and the iPad, no. like the, the, you didn't have a wow moment. Like you didn't think it was like, this is cool. Not, Not compared really. to the Paul. Oh yeah, Palm. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, that's the thing is it was just where I was. I knew the Palm and then it was the Blackberry and the Blackberry took, it got destroyed by the iPhone and it redefined it for everybody. But the value was being on a corporate Blackberry network. Mm -hmm. this, this thing was a toy compared to what you could do and what I was doing. So I had already thought I had something better from more because I mean, I tore through emails on that Blackberry all day long. I thought, oh my God, you don't need that. This keyboard's awesome. And then for personal, I had a trio or whatever before that. So it was never the, wow, it was the 3GS when they started getting into really capable services where the browser actually mattered. Then I'm like, oh shit, this is now a real computer. And it started actually redefining that mobile wave until like Jeremy thought that there would be special applications written that can talk to web versions of these that are right down rendered, but it would still be awesome. Now I was wrong. The 3GS showed me that you could actually get full web pages, full live. And I think that was when they started adding the app store, but I don't remember. Yeah. The 3GS was the one I remember that this is the one with the curve back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That teeter tottered on a table all day long. Is yeah, I fucking hated that thing. Spun it around. It was like a top. <laughs> it was like a fidget toy where they existed. Yeah. I think for me, when I use the iPad. So a little bit of my background during this time, when the, when these phones started coming out, I actually had a, a Palm Trio and I was working on a windows mobile development at my university and oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I, it was even more sacrilegious than that. I was working on windows mobile development on the Trio WX. So it was like the worst possible version of the Trio with windows mobile five on it. Oh my and, God. And. Uh, I was building an application where we, it was called smart campus. You could search it up and we were basically using Wi-Fi signal strength for geolocation on a college campus. And the, one of the first things we did was take a, take a camera and allow for augmented or, or mixed reality mode on the campus where you could have bulletin boards. You could have, oh, uh, hold them up. It basically, yeah, exactly. And a lot of the things now that we were working on 20 or so years ago are, are what I'm seeing in the Vision Pro, like just obviously a hell of a lot better. And 
one of the interesting things with the with the Windows Mobile 5 Trio, I remember seeing Steve Jobs stand on the stage whenever he did it with the iPhone and they showed the touch interface and it was, oh, this is so cool, multi-touch, all this stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, it's really cool. It took me about three days over a weekend to re-implement a bastardized version of that on the Trio. <laughs> because flicking yeah. and you could do the motion and all that, it yeah. didn't work anywhere near as well, but it wasn't the, the wow factor that I think everyone else that wasn't in technology building things saw. I agree with you though, the three, the four generation where it started to get an actual web browser, like a a fast modem where you could actually do things. And more importantly, it didn't drain the battery. Like you had background, the ability to background some of the, or we didn't, but Apple did. They could background some of the things. Yeah. That's for me, like that was when I was like, all right, this is going away from a novelty, a little bit more than a novelty to, to text people onto an actual device that. I could get real work done on. For, I got to say, for me, it's, I've just been listening to you guys and thinking about it. It's a little weird for me because there was no real wow moment that I could remember, except as the technology started to advance, my wow moment was always comparing the technology to the older thing that either we didn't have or we grew up on. And that was the wow moment for me, right? When I saw the first iPhone, I thought back to the first cell phone I ever saw, which is like almost the brief, big, almost briefcase oh, the briefcase. size. Yeah. Like the military style, sort of military sat Like the radio. Style. Yeah. Yeah. And then thinking back, like I mentioned pagers and beepers and, and thinking back to how we used to have communicate over those. And those were the about wow moments for me. I don't know why I was never really wowed with any of the new technology that came out. And like I said, I should have been because I was, I grew up in the era when there was none of that available when I was a kid to now it's the technology is advancing so much that we are talking about the vision pro. What I, what I find really interesting, I mean, and I think we've talked about this a few other times in different contexts, but the, if we look back like the last 20 years, 20 years ago was there wasn't an iPhone. There wasn't, there was an iPod, right? We had cell phones there was 2g or maybe not even 2g. DRPS, yeah. DRPS, yeah. And Wi-Fi. And a really shitty Wi-Fi, but Wi-Fi. And the form factor hasn't really changed, right? Like it's been the the usage and how it and our lives are now integrated with it has changed. But I think if we were to step back and say, okay, computers have been around for well, I don't know, 1950, late 50s, it took 50s through the 90s for that to really penetrate in the mainstream for people to start using computers day to day. And then it really took from late 90s to what, the mid 2015-ish for it to become ubiquitous. Yep. That time frame is getting a lot smaller with those advancements. I think that's, I'm trying to understand. I don't think that's true. I think it's that the advancements in the beginning seem bigger than they are later. So that as a product matures, you see less change because the space is mature. So when you first had the iPhone come out, you had 60 other vendors all trying to emulate it. So you had a lot of experimentation. You had a lot of trial. You had a lot of error. You had working Blackberry trying a click screen that did haptic feedback 10 years before Apple got good at it. And everybody in that experimentation stage just feels like it. But I don't think the change rate is that high. I just think there was a lot of experiment. Then people settled on something. And you basically got two dominant players. Now you have Android and iOS. And then you have an interface on top of that's driven by Android and iOS. And and now you're getting to the point where those are really well-defined. People kind of expect them. So it's kind of gotten to that S-curve. The traditional S-curve, you have that huge ramp up. And then you have that plateau again. Uh, but the question that would, is the Vision Pro the next S-curve? Are you seeing the beginning of that? And I don't think so. But what's your impression, John? I think that I see the beginning of what I would call like mixed reality, augmented reality computing, spatial computing. There's a whole bunch of terms for it. The Vision Pro is an overpriced gimmick in my point right so the, was the i so was the iphone at first i think it was 
do I think in five to 10 years, if they actually are able to continue to sell it, because they're getting returns like a lot, if, if they don't can the device, if they could continue with the device, if it becomes smaller, when we're able to get something that is like very close to glasses, then we're going to see some real, I think that's when it becomes ubiquitous in everyone's day and everyone's life. Do I think that the four factor of will ever get down to that, or at least for the fidelity that you're seeing on the vision. I hope so. It's going to get, it's going to be pretty hard to get to this eyeglasses, but is there a middle ground? Yeah, I think so. I think it's the beginning of a, a potentially a new form factor. And, and I say beginning, I think it, this has been around Apple's like they do with a lot of their products. They uh, perfect it, or at least they get it as close as perfect as they're able to. But for fidelity aside, we. When was it when the first sort of, and I don't remember what the company was, the first sort of eyeglass computer that, uh, Google you know, Glass that was Google one Glass. of them. Then there Google was, Glass. Uh, what, was, what was that? That was about what? Abominate, magic, magic leap. That's, I think that's still around, but isn't oh. that, did Apple acquire them? Weren't no. they the, also the hand? Yeah. So magic leap was one. And then there was, the, then the, there's still the Ray-Ban meta integration, right? right? I actually haven't used that. So I don't know if there's any like visual features of that. So it's really just a camera and a speaker. It's, it's a multimodal oh, a, okay. AI input. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I guess the reason why I'm referring back to those products is, but it's not, where's the limitation in fully developing why, let's say Apple hasn't developed something where the form factor is a little bit more usable on a day-to-day -day basis. Cause the Vision Pro, you're not going to be walking around in the street. I mean, maybe you can. People but, do. Yeah but, that, yes. yeah, but it's a giant sort of ski goggle piece of right now. technology right now. Exactly my point, which is if we get, when do you think we get to the point where it's in a sort of normal form factor? You can, John, you and I could be sitting me, here right now with computers on our face. Let me turn it around just very slightly. Do you remember Justin.tv? Jeremy? No. I know of it. I don't remember it. I, I vaguely remember it, but I'm going to anecdotal. I'll probably screw it up. But there's someone who basically, I think his name was Justin, who started recording himself all the time. And I believe it eventually turned into like vlogging, blogging, blah, blah, blah. And this was 20 something years before. This well, was the, in like late 90s. Yeah. The so, MIT cyborgs also right. were pretty famous from the 90s to 2000s. So. What I would say is, do I think that in 20 years we'll be walking? Yeah, I think we're going to be walking around some type of device. Is it going to be a full headset? I don't know. I can't answer that one. Oh, I see. To answer Ozzy's question, I think Apple optimized for improved experience over size right now because they focused on the usability of the wearer to make sure they have an immersive experience. So the low latency for, like you said, it's almost there, John. You almost have that it's bringing the real. Uh, I think they focused on that to the detriment of size. I think that as that technology improves to get that latency, get that reduction of that, those services, and they get that baked in, you'll see the focus move towards form factor and reducing and, and getting that go. That's how I would design it. That would be the direction I would try to go. Because if you can't make the interface feel like people won't be uncomfortable being there, that doesn't matter what the size is. So the interface, so, so two things, well, real quick, Justin.tv actually turned into Twitch. I did yeah, not see I, that I one. Actually, I actually, I, I knew that. I didn't want to say it because I wasn't sure and I searched it well, but yeah, it turned into Twitch. So, but to, to your answer, do I think the interface, yes, the interface is actually great. Like a uh, hand gesture interface, I mean, I, it works. It doesn't. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give a, a, my anecdotal experience every single time I put on the Apple TV. And of course I hear Steve jobs, you're holding it wrong. I have to correct, recorrect it. Uh, I've had to recalibrate it three or four times and my hands are, are never accurately picked up all the time. Um, until I re recalibrate it, re correct it. <laughs> so there's definitely problems, but the interface itself has merit. Now the part about the pass-through is, and again, I don't know if this is because I don't have my prescription lenses yet. Um, but it's my wife even 
used it a little bit and said, it's like the refresh rate's too low. It doesn't have, the resolution isn't high enough. So you do get a little bit of that like uh, latency effect, but it's not as bad as the other devices I've used. Yeah, I, I, I think the interface though is, is the first that I've used that where you're just like, okay, yeah, I could see myself using this. I could see it working. If my eyes didn't hurt and this thing, I didn't have to reconfigure it every single time I put it on my head, then it would be more useful. But more importantly, right, there's just no, just like the iPhone, there's like barely anything running. You can run on it right now, other than Apple's native stuff. I was having a conversation with somebody on so long ago. I would be super excited if they integrated the Vision Pro with like golf technology. They have this. There's a company that makes these sensors, these small little sensors, probably, I don't know, the size of a dollar bill folded up in four, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit smaller than that. And that gets attached to the, the shaft of your golf club. And you can go, there's also a computer program to get that you, you sync each of the, the sensors to. And then you can simulate and kind of see, practice your suite at your home. You could use like a, a, maybe even a foam ball and it can tell you based on your swing, your distance and that type of stuff. A company like that integrating with the vision pro that certain that's already happening. So yeah, literally four top is golf with the vision pro is going to be amazing because they have these overlays where people are doing like how far the hole is all the metadata you would want. And they say it's going to happen. So, so I, I wish I, I took a video of testing the vision pro out. I think that there's a content creator called Joe Scott. I don't know if any of you've heard of him, but he did a video on Monday talking about his use of the vision pro. And it's actually really, I think a really good non Apple fanboy view of the product. And he's a person that does use all of their products. So he's not really unbiased, but he does show the video of him using it in his house. And that is where I think you'll start to see the power and the potential for it because he walks around and he has, and the cool thing about the vision pro is it remembers in your environment where the screens are. So when you take it off and you come back the next day, you still have all your screens in the same place. And in his particular case, he has like a YouTube thing on the wall. He's got his computer monitor in front of him, the the virtual monitor, keyboard, actual keyboard. And he just can get up, go get coffee. He has thing on his head. And he'll put a timer on the coffee pot and he can look through the wall and see the timer because there's no walls. He's like, oh, okay. I got another three minutes. Keep doing what he's doing. Go and get it. And then he shows cooking dinner where he has four things on the stove and he's got different timers above each pot. Like, so like. So, so you're, you're seeing something, not just via yourself, but via Joe Scott. You think that there is something there with this mm-hmm. concept. I, I, I'm going to steel man this. I want to put out the idea, the best case. It gets great. It gets the size of glasses. People can have and define their world around them. I think it's going to be weird. I think that's going to get really weird very quick. Do you I, th- go, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I agree for anything outside of the home. I think it's probably going to be weird inside yeah. the home. And the, re- the reason why I mentioned the golf technology is because we recorded the episode talking about golf technology before, and there's a lot of technology out there that's really expensive. If you can give me a sensor that goes on my golf clubs and the Vision Pro at, how much does it cost? 3,500, 4,000, yeah, whatever. Yeah. If you give me similar sort of stats, and it's not going to have all the same stats as like a TrackMan or one of the other. I bet you it'll have better stats because. Yeah. Well, the part, the part that it's, that's going to be hard is with TrackMan, it either uses, like we said, the Doppler or the, the technology that will give you sort of spin rate. It'll give you factors that you won't get. I mean, if you're at home with a Vision Pro just hitting a foam ball or a make-believe ball, it's hard to sort of kind of determine the spin rate. It's hard to, I guess, make that up, right? To, to and give you sort of an accurate enough experience where it's not just used for entertainment. You can use it for practice right. and refining your skills. I, th- well, 
the way I think it's going to get there is, I mean, I think eventually there'll be an attachment or something that somebody will come up with. I mean, shit, we could spitball it here. Give me a golf ball on a fucking string, on an extension string, let you hit it and it goes and just whips back at you. If like those kind of things we talked about in, uh, on the previous episode, like those come out all the time, swing assists, swing aids. Someone will figure out a way to make it almost good and it'll give you enough information. It's not going to be as good as yeah. the actual track, man. I agree with that. Yep. But, but I yeah, think, I, 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 I mean, to cut I, you I off. I, th- I, th- I think it'll be good enough. The reason why I mentioned golf, because I, I think it'll be good enough where at the price point of other golf technology at Division Pro, if they get even not as good, but close enough, it's a discount, right? Plus you get all the other functionality that you would out of Division Pro in addition to stuff like golf training or golf practice. So going to Jeremy's steel man a little bit, if this does go the road of glasses or a smaller form factor, people can wear it, et cetera. Yeah, I do think it, uh, I think it changes a lot of stuff. I think that someone's printing, air printing. <laughs> I think that televisions can go away. I don't think, I think that most houses now, to be brutally honest, I don't even know if televisions will be around in 10 years, even without this. Most houses, I, I have one, two TVs in, in my house. And most of the time, my wife, my kids are looking at their phones. I mean, I'm, I look at my phone. I watch stuff on there. I'm this Vision Pro. I can get a 180, 180 inch TV on a wall now. I, yeah. I, I think you're like, I think that is what's going to come from some of this technology. But I also think it's going to do something weirder where it's going to make the not inside of it more focused. And hopefully, and I'm hoping, and I'm, I'm trying to put my best, the best idea forward for this. Is because it's included, like you have to remove it in order to participate more locally with people. And hopefully people aren't staring at each other with a bunch of fucking goggles on, which some will, but you know what I mean? I mean, people do it with phones, right? They eat dinner together and yeah, but I'm hoping people will take it off in those situations so that they be more cognizant of the time they are with people and then more cognizant of the difference. I know Ozzy, I'm trying to put the best idea forward. I'm trying to make the best, Hey, maybe this will make the in-person times more in more personal because we won't have that slab that is as easy to pull up but i guess you're right i i, I want to argue against myself now because i'm like oh if we're talking about a device it's going to get be like putting on glasses people ain't ever going to take it off i think i think listen i, I don't want to go down the road of i could talk for hours about how i think cell phones ruin the world and and not really cell phones as more as the form factor and, and the fact that it's immediate mode and everyone expects that they're going to get answers within five minutes, even though it's an asynchronous communication. <laughs> but I think that over time, 10 years, 15, 20 years, because we're talking about that time frame, comparing it to cell phones, it's an interesting proposition because if the form factor gets even half as small as this, half as large, less obtrusive, we're on that road. It's going to get to snow goggle size in three years. But it's still, I think that still doesn't cross. Snow goggle size. No, I mean, snow goggle size would be noticeably smaller and way, way closer to the eyes. And it won't have as much weight farther forward. I, I still think that it would require a lot more before it gets to the use case of people wearing it outside of the house. It would almost have to be like, Close the glasses, I think. Closer, let me put it that way. I think if it, so to use Jeremy's example, I think if it's ski goggles or snow goggles, I'm assuming that's what you mean by yeah. snow goggles. If it gets to that point, I could see kids wearing it, not giving a fuck. <laughs> I, oh, I, I know, can't kids. get my kid to take their AirPod out of their ear all yeah. day long. So just, let's just caveat by saying anything we're saying does not apply to the kids. <laughs> we're talking... <laughs> Because we're talking yeah, about right. social, maintaining social interaction and proper use case. And that goes out of the my window. My daughter, about kids. I mean, my daughter, I can already see she takes up technology like this. And I, I made the mistake, well, not really a mistake, but I, I let her use the PSVR 2 when I first got it well, a year ago or however long. I remember reading the box. Oh, don't give this someone under 10. I'm like, ah, fuck, I know better. Yeah. And I mean, she did extremely well with it and, and just picked up to it natural, all those things. I, this is even easier to use than because there's no 
controller and buttons and combinations because of video games, like they just typically have to have that. This is hand movements. Yeah. Now, granted, there needs to be more than just this because this is the hand. This is what you're doing the whole time. People are going to have freaking problems with their joints. Yeah. But yeah, I do think that it's going to turn into an... I think we'll start to see some of these things also outside of just that device. I wouldn't be surprised if like cameras start to pick these things up because there's no reason why a camera can't do the same stuff. And that is an interesting use case is with the iPhone 15 taking the immersive photos. I'm interested in where that leads because I haven't seen this, but being able to take true depth of field 3D kind of images that are feel like you're there and immersive sounds like something I would like to do. Go to get to the top of the ski hill, take a great photo of the the scene of the sunrise and actually be able to pull that back up and like relive it a little bit more than just looking at a photo of it. So I, I started, so, so knowing the vision pro was coming out, uh, I got my iPhone 15. I started taking photos with it over the last holiday and I took photos of my kids and going back and watching it, 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 they're amazing. Like being able to see and relive that moment, it sounds corny, but yeah, I mean, the depth of field and the way that they do it, like it does, it makes you feel like you're there, especially if you were the person taking the photo or the video. Instant memory. Bam. Instant memory. Recall. Immediately. They just need to add smell. Once they add smell, oh my God, people Uh, break their brain. Jeremy, you can start your own headshots company. (laughs) (laughs) To start start taking headshots for people. Steel. John, does the, does the Vision Pro, does it authenticate you in any way? Or yeah, so any, yeah. it does optical iris authentication. So right. read your iris, authenticates that way. And then it, it'll also, um, I think it also does some kind of face scanning, but I mean, it obviously does if you have, if you've seen the persona bit yeah. where I should record that. We should put it on. Oh, we should have you join from the persona yeah, VR just somehow, because that would be entertaining. Yeah. The persona bit is, it's like a a facial scan. Um, and then it replicates your facial movements based on, I guess, tone and some of the, and some of the, the, what the sensors can pick up. So yeah, I mean, it does a few different things, but the authentication primarily optical. So I can talk to being on the other side of that, the persona, it doesn't look good yet, but there is definite hints of something people are going to really like because you could see the nuance of somebody not paying attention somebody i could tell when john was when we were we had that and you turned away this and it wasn't just audio you could actually see you were looking down at something on the floor and i stopped talking and i know that's something that you just don't do with facetime you keep on talking even though the thing's shaking all over the place because there was enough context to know that you were looking at something specific so yeah, what was really interesting is when I was talking to you and I've only FaceTime with a single, not just you, but only one person at a time. The fact that I can break windows out and actually use it as like, I'm sitting down and looking at people a hundred times better already than using a two-dimensional screen, because now I could say, okay, there's three people I'm talking to. I can turn around and look at people like it, it's much more natural. Yeah. I don't know if that would be the same experience if I was looking at a virtual avatar or persona I haven't talked to someone else with that yet. So (laughs) I think it'll be interesting, but yeah, I mean, it was creepy, especially the first one I did where my neck was like the size of an aircraft carrier. I had to, I purposely, when they do it, they tell you to lift your head up, lift your head down. I was like, I'm going to lift my head up slowly until it beeps. I'm not going to go all the way up. My neck was so big. (laughs) They say, we'll show you. Yeah, we'll show you. I'll leave it. I want to, the last part of this topic, and we, we could dive a little bit further because I think there is another topic, another thing we can talk about that has a similar, uh, focus, but the other part of the vision pro, the part that isn't the, you know, the business aspects of it, uh, productivity aspects as, as a technology professional, an office professional, I think that right now outweighs the benefits as an entertainment device. Except when you're using an 8K or 12K camera stereo lenses, like Apple does in the videos where they're immersive. Those are amazing. I've watched one or two of them first. 
amazing. They're, you know, it's 180 view. You could get this a similar with WebXL XR, and you can get a similar like video concept without the spatial video components that the uh, proprietary component that Apple has. But not many high production shows are filmed that way right now. Right. Right. So I think that aspect will be very interesting, especially if let's what I've heard is that all of Apple's shows for the past six to eight months have been filmed with this camera. Oh, that's, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. They haven't confirmed it, but actually, I I don't know if it's the same camera, but you can get the same effect from a Canon, is it 5RC or 5CR? I don't know the actual, but with a stereo lens on it. So it will break uh, an 8K image out to two 4K images, and it gives you the same uh, perspective. But they've seen these cameras on many of the Apple sets and a lot of the NBA games now that are being kind of, or some of the stuff that Apple's starting to produce. I have to ask something that popped in my head and I want both of your opinion. Are they going to sell seats where they're different prices by based by where you sit inside of a stadium? Absolutely. So, right. so just for, for clarity, yeah. this is immersive technology, right? Like you're watching a show or a movie and it's almost as if you're on set, right? As the movie's being shot. That's just want to uh, clarify that, right? Or, or think of it more like if the camera, what you, you... Little weird. I'm not sure that, I'm sure certain people will like that. I, I don't know that I would, I, I'd have to see it. I'm not sure that I would like that as far as it a movie or TV show watching experience, but I'll tell you this, the sports experience. It's going to be awesome. You don't, don't think know. so? I got to be honest. I don't think so. Because when you go to, you pay whatever it is, $4,000 for Knicks floor tickets or first section for Knicks or the, or the Rangers or wh- wh- whatever team you follow. There's an experience that comes along with that. Like you're sitting there with the fans. It's all that stuff that people pay a premium for. I'm not sure that people would pay a premium to get the immersive sort of view, like you're sitting in the front row, but you're not really sitting in the front row. Oh, so I have learned from NFTs that people People will pay for anything. People will obsess over new scarcity. And if the football, NFL league, NFL can say, the only way to get Vision Pro quality 50-yard line first one is you have to pay $1,000 versus if you want to be in the second stands where you pay $100, they're going to do it because scarcity drives profits and it drives an ability to say, I could see it like nobody else. And people love that. Also, wait, you're... Okay, John. I was going to say, also remember this product. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So what I was going to... Jeremy, I just want to clarify one thing. You're saying... Compared to sitting in the stands versus having this sort of no vision. Okay. All right. So just want to clarify. Live yeah. broadcast. Uh, you can watch the regular 2D live broadcast. Oh, oh, so yeah. you can, well, well, not to, not, not the 2D is that you're going to pay for different positions in there. So they're going to record sure. cheap seats, close up seats, and then the best. Now, at first they're going to be like, everybody gets the best, but the thing of the matter is this scarcity means I nothing think- special. They will charge $1,000 to watch an NBA game live uh, and at with that screen up close. And the seats up like in letter G are going to be $50 to do it. I'll go, I'll go even further. It'll be on the jerseys. You'll have, you'll have players wearing the cameras like cops have cameras, right? Because could be, except it's just an iPhone. It's a safety issue though. Yeah. It's a safety issue. There's a lot that, of key that, issues that they ignore for profit. I mean, fo- football is the difference. Football is different. Football, yes. and actually, football, it can be done probably easier than it can be done like on, true. on basketball. Baseball, it can be done because it's not a contact sport, right? That's true. Basketball is a little bit more challenging, I think. Yeah. Because yeah, it's I a contact sport. I agree with that. No, well. Right. Soccer and there's well. no, it's just a uniform, right? Mm-hmm. There's no equipment. Hockey would be dope. Hockey would, you could do it. Yeah. Football, you can do it. So here's the, the one, and I, I don't violently or non-violently disagree with you, Jeremy, <laughs> but, the, but the one point that I'm thinking about that's going to make a difference is 
how do you sell the, so you sell this 50, 50 yard line seat, let's say at a football game, but a bunch of people are going to buy that sort of that view or that immersive sort of experience. But the drawback is going to be that the hundred people that, that bought it, that you can't control or how can you control your individual view of, cause you're going to have, right. It's going to be a camera that's recording the game mm -hmm. from, let's say the 50 yard line. That's so yeah, how but, is, but, how keep, do you, but, but keep, I don't understand. So this is a live game. This is a live game, right? That you're potentially that a, a doesn't recording. need to be. But, oh, okay. But, then it's going to start to fall apart because people, why? because wow. I think people want to see live sports. People don't want to see recording. I don't I'm not think saying, people, we're not saying a replacement for that. What I'm saying no. is that let's let, wait, let me finish the idea. So let, okay. like, let think about this. You have an given market for live broadcasts done. That There's never a percentage goes away. of those. That, that, that never goes away. It's going to get more expensive. And then you, TV is going, let's just say TVs are gone, just to make it a simpler. Is that now on the Vision Pro, you're going to have cameras at different value propositions in the stadium with the live people. They're going to be small. They're going to give you 180 degrees of view. And they're going to have, they're going to give you pretty much everything facing forward. And there's going to be 12 of them, 14 of them in the stands. 20,000 people, four cameras, four different positions. But the ones that are going to be on your team's side, court side, to get those, there's only going to be 100 of them. No, because have, wait, wait, Let me finish. Because they want the scarcity. They want the 100 people that paid the $2,000, $3,000, $10,000 to get that to feel special. Because yeah. they say, I couldn't travel there, but I purchased it. To, I always buy him on their sideline. I, I agree with that. I, I, I think there will be scarcity points for those but i but i i i honestly think that you know we'll start to see like oh you want to watch uh espn recaps it'll be 180 view recaps of like the freaking play yeah. from one person from one of the defenders perspective that'll be ridiculous yeah i can see that i can see that yeah i, I just do, I but, think... but to clarify i don't think live sports go away i don't think they ever never. go away okay people are always yeah. going to be uh, watch yeah. it. you're never yeah, that's never going to go away and, and i think it would have to I, I, I see it being the scarcity thing being a success, but it would have to remain a scarcity thing because I think the general population, true sports fans, like I watch a game, there are certain things that I look at a game that, and I'm not always looking at, when I watch football, I'm not always looking at where the ball is. I'm looking at stuff that happens outside of where the actual ball is and where the action is. And you lose the ability to do that when it's, but you don't, oh, so you say, so, if you record so a hundred degrees, you can do that. Well, this. hold on. That's, well, that's, so let's go back to the point I was trying to make before is you're saying there will be cameras throughout the stadium and you can connect or get a viewpoint from all of these cameras. Like I think you'll be say, able to. All around, let's say MetLife Stadium. One. Well, that takes away I, the ability to kind of move your head and look around and look. No, no see, that's the thing. So think of it's a fisheye's lens that gives you 180 degrees forward and left and right. So that gives you basically a, a complete it's, sphere from my arms it's forward. Like rec it's recording basically so like this. So I can look to this way and I still see this side. I can look anywhere. In, and by the way, and it, the cool part about what the vision recording does is it records, you can focus on different depths. So it's not like a 3D movie where if you're not focusing on what they want you to see, it fucks up. It's yeah. because you can focus on those things. So I got you just basically think of you're in a hole and you've got a 180 degrees forward and your back's up against the wall. Yeah, I got it. I see what you're saying now. Yeah, I think, listen, there are going to be people that are going to be drawn to that. Wow. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the one. Do you know how much tickets to Eras Tour from Taylor Swift would go for in uh, that well, world? Well, I think... Because uh, nobody could get to them. You're absolutely true. The Alicia, I think Alicia Keys actually is hers. I haven't, I didn't see it yet, but yeah. I yeah. heard that was fantastic. You get to sit next, you get to sit next to her while she plays Alicia sure. Keys and you get to look around. You're sitting on the bench while she's playing. So you can look into her face. You can, obviously she doesn't respond to you, but it's supposed to be yeah. bonkers. The, uh, the halftime yeah, show? On, no. Oh uh, yeah. Or is it the halftime show? No, it was no, just, they, a, they, they were recorded at one of their special yeah. recording sessions. I'm going to look that up and see what it's like. It's a little weird. 
But I think it's I'm really sure. hard. Yeah. Like the part that I think is it's hard to visualize without trying it. Yeah. Uh, have you tried any of like the meta or any of those, Ozzy? No. Can't. Like I get vertigo. Can't. No, I can't do any of that stuff. Uh, so, so this world you're talking about is, is like, not, nope. it's just not going to work out. me. Nope. I, yeah. I, th I think you should try this because I like, like I, it's not going to give you vertigo if you don't. So the, for me, when I get vertigo, it's when I stand up, try to move. Uh, if you're sitting down, I, I don't think you'll, you'll get no, a little if, bit potentially, but. I think if I'm, it, I think for the, for the use cases that you described, the productivity stuff, documents, reading email, watching a show on a FaceTime call. That stuff I think is just real yeah. world experience. I think that'll be fine if you like reality, right? Yeah. That's and, when it'll be a and problem. The, and the other thing that keep in mind too, I'll go that I've been in, uh, I've had on this is because the, the lenses or the, they weren't prescription because your eyes are, um, yeah. So I'll let you know my feedback. I think, you know, I think it'll be extremely interesting uh, and if I don't wear my glasses, I look at the monitor. So I'm used to it because I do that all the time. Yeah. No, I, I can't do that. Definitely so need my glasses. If I didn't have kids, I didn't have a wife, and I, what, I would like Vision Pro, laptop, and van life. Don't need a lot of space, get a lot of buff, go travel the world. So I'll give you, I'll, I'll end with this. There are, there's, I think I talked a little bit earlier about the experience, uh, the environments component. There's something about being able to, uh, go to Mount hood here in sitting by a lake and being able to, like Jeremy said, clearly see everything. It's relaxing and it's pretty fucking awesome. And just for Apple to drop one of those once a month, <laughs> you know, because, right. because it's, it, it, it's, it's awesome. And the fact, the other thing that's really cool where children keep anything clean in my house, but, um, being able to wear it and surround in those environments, which you can to a extent, at least I was able to is, is, is awesome as well. Um, that's, that's, that's dangerous. I've seen too many videos of people. Yeah. I've, I, I feel like the PlayStation, just like Apple does it, just play, uh, you know, there's something in front of you. Or it'll, what it'll do is it'll like highlight the immersion and show like, oh, your child's right in front of you. Don't trip over them. So right. it's a little bit smarter, but those on the, that are listening and there's, if, if, is it a, is it a thumbs up or thumbs? Uh, I wouldn't right now. I would use it first. See if it's something it's too expensive. That's the thing. So, uh, it's a $3,500 iPad with a really good uh, you know, uh, lens, like it's not an actual, not a, uh, full-fledged MacBook. Um, and there are a lot of rough edges, but I think in five years, like Jeremy's point, it'll get smaller. It'll probably, there'll be a non-pro version. Um, and it'll be interesting and it'll probably be much more accessible right now. You can't even buy it outside the U S so. Yeah. So what's the next closest headset that's out there is it meta quest as three i think yeah, you, arguably even um it's been a while and so i need to go back and compare it visual quality i would say is on par there's not a lot of there's not the same sensors on it so it can't do the hand motion things like that um the ecosystem for applications is by far uh it's going to take apple years to get to a maybe not years but 18 months to get to a point where it'll have the same amount of applications. And if it goes the way of the iPad and the iPhone, it will not be a gaming platform. Mm. Expected to be a gaming platform. I don't think it needs to be. I think it's going to be, I think you hit it, uh, the earlier entertainment. It's going to probably like, it's, if I were to say what part product would it cannibalize of apples, the iPad. Which is a, for a lot of people is a consumption device. How yeah. do I consume a movie, consume YouTube and be a part of it? I am interested in seeing where it goes with that, that my work environment. Um, how do I have a, a more immersive at home environment where I can have a bigger monitor, have more options there. Um, but I don't think it's there now. But I am looking forward to trying. It. Yeah, if if you had one in the office you're in, knowing being having been in that office before, I think you would 
we very much enjoy it. Yeah. The only downside right now with the, um, with it, and it's more of a technical limitation that I'm sure they're going to fix is you can only have a single, when you connect to a Mac large monitor, but you can only have a single one. If I could have a monitor here and a monitor next to it and a one here, a different, you know, like Apple has the, what do they call it? The desktops or whatever. Screen. Screen, whatever, whatever they call it. Once they do figure that part out, which I'm sure it'll be version two or whatever. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be an amazing productivity device. I, I just want to do that, but program with somebody I want to program next to me, but not have to be there. Yeah. So I can look to the left and ask them questions while we're working on the same code which, basis. And, and that sounds game changing for me because I can still focus in my little raindrops. He's over in his or she's you can over do that in now. The snow. I'll yeah, VS Code up and, and FaceTime. Go ahead, Masi. I was just going to say your other Apple devices, right? Because if you're using it for productivity. Um, it's like you RDP then, into your Mac and it gives you a window that you can, a window, virtual window in front of you that you can, you that, can physically keyboard in your mouse if it's connected to your Mac or if it's. My, as if it, if it ran as its own sort of computer. Like, it does as well, it, but. It, the only catch to that is when you have documents open that you haven't, something you're working on that you haven't saved, if you're not using a cloud, right? <laughs> now, when you leave home and you're like, damn, I want to pull up the document yeah. and you have your MacBook or your iPad with you, if, if you haven't saved it in the cloud or someplace where you can get to it from your iPad or your, or your MacBook, then you're kind of screwed. We need, a, we need to have another follow-up conversation because we're at time uh, about the beauty of scale. Oh, Ozzy, I think we found our next topic that we're bro. We talked about the internet and Ozzy, when you first saw the television roll off the line, tail scale is going to be the, the, uh, networking equivalent to that. <laughs> I'm going to go farther and say, I'm now adding tail scale as number three in my list of, oh, wow. Fucking moments in technology tail scale for the last three years is that oh fucking wow moment and i there right. i was wrong right next topic I can't wait to talk about that this. this one in particular the nice part about it yeah. you can download it right, right now and use it for free that wraps it up for this episode of the bites of wisdom podcast as always we thank you for listening and we hope you'll join us again soon until next time, keep exploring and stay curious.